Hello and welcome to the podcast that discusses all things gaming. Coming to you from the home of Indie PopCon, Gen Con, and the gaming capital of the world, this is The Established Facts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 217 of The Established Facts. I hope you guys have uh, had some fun since uh, joining us on our last episode. Uh, We have been um, out and about doing fun things, playing games, goofing off. As a matter of fact... Safely, of course. Safely, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No no two men in a mask, but but one person per mask. Six feet away from each other, it'd be okay. <laughs> That's a big mask. It's really, like a parachute. Yeah. What the heck did That's I right. miss? Hey, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode 216. I've been um, busy. Two kids. I understand. Two kids and two I, masks is I, usually the goal. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, well... Um, Speaking of playing games, on this episode of The Established Facts, we wanted to have a little bit of storytelling fun. Um, We cracked out a game called Once Upon a Time, and we're going to use an element of the game uh, to do some improv storytelling. Uh, We're going to go around the table and uh, basically put together a really... Funny, silly, goofy, strange story. Yes, Lance? So this is kind of like when you're running as a GM and your players kind of hijack your story. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly what this is. You know what? Let's just call it hijack. We'll just say that's exactly <laughs> what this is, hijack. Never let go. That's Never right. let go. Um, we'll explain a little bit a little bit more, <laughs> but uh, before we do that, let's go ahead and get into the introduction, uh, who's at the table, so that you know who is going to be telling stories. Uh, we'll go ahead and... And we'll go ahead and start to my right. My name is Lance. This is Princess Katie. I'm Avital. This is Josh. This is Dr. Deb. And of course, I am your obnoxiously goofy host, Big Don. So Big Don? That's right. Uh, so if you have not gotten a chance to play the Atlas Games uh, game called Once Upon a Time, uh, it is the storytelling card game. Um, there are two decks in the game. One of them is a deck of story elements where you might have objects or people or locations, different things that might happen uh, as you're playing through the game. Uh, You'll hold a hand of cards with these elements on them. We're not going to play with that deck for this particular exercise, uh, but we are going to be using... There is a second deck of cards. These are your ending cards. So, for example, you would pull... Are they all happy endings? Some of them are happy, some of them are sad, some of them are justified, depending on what happens in the story. So uh, I can give you an example. One of the cards that I just pulled up said, so they returned what was stolen to its original owner. So that's kind of a neutral ending or so forth. Um, But what we are going to do is we're going to draw one of these cards at random, and uh, we're going to read off the ending so that we kind of know what direction 
direction the story is going to go. And then we'll go ahead and start with Joshi. We're going to go around the table, and at certain points, we're going to interrupt him uh, to take over the story and continue it around the table. It'll get back to him eventually, and then he will attempt to end his story <laughs> with luck. said ending. That is the goal for this game. We thought we'd have a little bit of fun uh, just uh, since we've been talking so much about telling stories and and uh, living out uh, real life stories and things like that, we thought we'd have some fun and actually well, uh, get into some. And two other things to that. Number one, <laughs> yes, it's very similar to our two-word plot hook from a couple episodes ago. Uh, but Which, by the way, the game that you were referring to that Zach Lorton has is called Microscope. Ah, Microscope. Yeah. Check it out. And I did Never use that game uh, for planning out uh, and building, kind of somewhat building a campaign setting for a Pathfinder game that I was playing. Thank you, Zach. And then Thank second to that, uh, if it's repetitive to you, I'm not sorry. We it's wanted fun. to play, together. We sorry, to play not a game sorry. together. So we're going to play a game together. That's right. That's right. You know how long it's been since we've all been in the same room together? I know. Uh. So what I'm going to do now is uh, I will go ahead and hand Joshy a uh, card for the ending. He's going to read that ending so we kind of understand where the direction might head. He's going to start the story and then going around our table in the opposite order in which we introduced everyone. Uh, so starting with Avital and going around to Katie, Lance, myself, Deb, and then back to Josh. At certain points in the story, we're going to interrupt him, take over the story, and continue that story as we see fit. Okay, so I have the first story. Yes, sir. And our ending is they were buried in the same grave, <laughs> and the kingdom mourned them. There you go, Lance. There's <laughs> they were buried in the same grave, and the kingdom King- mourned them. And the kingdom? And the kingdom Mourned, mourned them. them. Wow. Okay. Do we have to start okay. every story with Once Upon a Time? Is that how the game We goes? may not have to, but Once Upon a Time, uh, there was a prince and his brother, uh, subsequently. Also, also a prince. prince. <laughs> 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 Is that um, work? Perhaps. <laughs> but they were uh, ready to go and... Uh, spread their wings and they wanted to go out and adventure and kind of earn earn what they think it means to become a king so they took they took their time and they they went out uh, with their retinue as it may be to um hunt down this monster that had been plaguing this village the village of Mm, Rogerston. I don't Rogerston. We're gonna call it Rogerston. I don't know. Uh, Free Rogerston. Huh? Free Rogerston. Free Roger. Free Rogerston in the kingdom of Hightown. Um so I hope somebody's writing this down right now. <laughs> so in in looking for this monster, they were only they were only told of little bits and pieces about it. They they know that it is large, they know that it is hairy, and that it does not like warm weather. No, that's not right. Uh, oh, oh, okay. The uh, the 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 monster wasn't hairy at all, and summer was actually its favorite season. Uh, it liked it liked the warmth a lot. So, I already forgot the name of the town. Rogers- Free Rogerston. Free Rogerston. Oh, Free Rogerston. That that's town. high town. That's high town. High town. 
It's Kingdom it's of Hightown. High, the Kingdom of Hightown, the town of Rogerston. Free Rogerston. Free Rogerston. Oh, yes. versus... Free Rogerston underneath the kingdom Rogerston. of Hightown. Yes. Of Hightown. They're free with a king, apparently. Yep. yep. So free... So the two princes went to the city of Free Rogerston looking for this hairless monster that loved the summer and lucky for them they were just out of school college maybe I don't oh, know okay. so it was the summertime Princeton University hey. hey so they go to the town that this monster was supposed to be at and uh, they start asking people uh, questions locals because They'd heard that this is a problem, so they needed help. So the first person that they asked was uh, someone in the general store. There's the owner there. And he said that he hadn't been getting his uh, supplies every every week like he normally did because uh, they were getting the shipments were getting interrupted. Uh, so, <laughs> so they decided to... Uh, trace back the supply routes to see if they could find where the monster intercepted them. Uh, so they, after having hearing from the shopkeeper where his supply routes came in from, they started following the trail back, the road back, you know, towards where his supplies came from. Um, and after a little while, they came upon a... Uh, clearing uh, and there well, was no they didn't <laughs> they were following that road and after a while they came across a forest and in this forest they found a bunch of mangled bodies oh snap and it turns out they all had the insignia of the shopkeep on them and those were all of the people he had sent out for his supplies so they followed the trail of bodies and wagons and broken boxes and the supplies and they saw what looked like these really big weird webbed footprints so they were following the webbed footprints and they came to a cave so the brothers took their oiled torches out of their packs and lit them and they started walking into the cave and as they got further and further into the cave they noticed a really weird smell Starting to permeate the air, and it smelled kind of rotten. No, it was it wasn't a rotten smell. It was the the smell of freshly mown grass, which was what made it stand out in their brains because they were in a cave. How would you have freshly mown grass in a cave? So they decided to, as it were, follow their noses to lead them to wherever this smell was coming from, and in fact. As they delved further and further in, the the walls, as their torches danced light upon them, started to turn from the stiff and hard black stone to a soft and wet stone, which then turned into a kind of a fuzzy green moss, and that turned into a kind of longish grass-like feature inside this cave. And then... That's where they found the source of the smell. The source of the smell was there was this creature that they had been looking for, eating, not just 
people and and objects, but it was actually using the grass to cleanse its own palate. No, no, it wasn't. No, um, actually, the creature not only did he enjoy eating humans and and several other living creatures, but he would use the grass uh, as almost uh, an ingredient for his smoothies that he would mix together, uh, that he would drink, and it would wash down in this cool, almost minty, refreshing way all of the human uh, stench and 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 foul smell from mostly the fat ones that he enjoyed picking clean from uh, the bars as they were going home. Uh, and the the two princes and their friend Retenue, who happened to follow them into the cave, uh, they the three of them, they looked at this creature and they thought to themselves, if we were able to slay this creature, we could return home as champions and our kingdom would know that we are mighty fighting men. No, they wouldn't. Because right about the time they started thinking about then, the monster took it upon himself to realize that lunch had just been delivered. <laughs> because their friend Retinue disappeared. Oh. And so did Prince Philip. <clears throat> as, as Prince William, because apparently we spent this whole time not giving them names, <laughs> William and Philip... Um, and Retinue... Uh, Philip and Retinue had been taken by the monster... And thrown into a, a surprisingly large blender with the grass, of course, oh, yeah. the smoothies. You know, he has to make sure that the smoothie is, is taken care of. Um, so this leaves Prince William reacting frantically, not sure what was going to happen next. Only to see this monster take one drink and fall over. Because apparently he was allergic to whatever retinue was wearing. Um, he must not. He must not have done dairy well because he was wearing a leather leather outfit. Oh. That I mean, that would make sense. It, it would also explain why there were no problems with cows, right? Um, so William came back to the castle with whatever he had to remind to remember his friend Retinue and his brother William. Nope, Philip, because William's already there. <laughs> <laughs> And they were buried in the same grave. And the kingdom mourned them. There's even a statue now for Retinue at the base of the statue for Philip. <laughs> nice. That way we remember. Nice. Great job. Now, All right. Okay. So uh, that is... Uh, that's a thing that that's, that's a thing. That's a, I think that that was a, a successful first round of a game we literally just made up five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, all right. All right, uh, so your turn, listeners. That's right. <laughs> want to hear your no, stories. No, you didn't. No, you it was a turn. No, just kidding. Uh, okay, so do we want to we want to do another one? I think we should Keep do going. All right, Avital, would you like to go next? Sure. All right, here is your card. Yeah. Ah. Our ending for this particular story is so the village was restored to prosperity. And now this time, are we going to interrupt the other way? What would that yes. be? Anti-clockwise? That would be... Yes. yes. Yeah. Or counterclockwise, depending on what country you live in. Hey, yes. I'm trying to be no, you know, global friendly No, I, I'm, well, not, see, I'm not criticizing. Anti-clockwise is what late people use. We're just is going to the left. Late people. Late the ones people. that are anti-clocks? The ones that are anti-clocks. <laughs> 
I thought you were going to say anti-clockwise. are people that don't know, don't remember to set their clocks forward. Oh, got it, got it. They're not wise to the way of clocks. They're anti-clockwise. No. What is happening? All right, so this time the order will be Josh, myself, Lance, Katie, and then back to Avital to finish, unless Deb jumps back in and then shit will fit her in. She can interrupt me, which would definitely not be a first. I'll believe that. Okay. So there was a village uh, called... Uh. Uh. The village of Uh. Shush. Beautiful village. Uh. A village called... Purple. Village Purple. Cool. It was a village The village Purple. The village da, 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 da. <laughs> yep, that's what it was. And uh, it had been a very well well off village, right? Um, but it had recently just started going down. Like the economy wasn't doing great, and you know, crops were failing, and the stores weren't doing well, and and no one could really figure out why. Uh, so a, a young, intrepid adventuress, well, she hadn't gone on any adventures yet, but she knew she was supposed to because everything else was boring. Uh, she decided that she would take it upon herself to try and investigate why the village was failing when there wasn't any super obvious reasons why. So she asked her um, her uh, great aunt uh, if she knew of anything, any stories that had happened in the past, of anything that might somehow be affecting the area. And her aunt told her about uh, a great sorcerer. No, she didn't. The aunt started to talk about the sorcerer, but then the uncle came in. <laughs> so this uncle is quite the storyteller. See, he knows the sorcerer personally. At least that's what he keeps telling everybody. Everyone knows him as the town liar, but you know the the adventuress uh, Heidi um, yes. believes her uncle wholeheartedly that uh, the sorceress uh, is working on a new business plan. See, she's actually trying to turn this farmland. Into a musical note. Yes. Trying to turn this farmland into a manufacturing area. Oh. Uh, yeah, so this, the sorceress is is known for her potion work. And the the land that is here is, is fraught with the ingredients that she needs for her uh, potion making. So the uncle, uh, who, who happens to at least believe that he is her main accountant, uh, points her in that direction uh, in hopes to maybe save this failing city. Uh, see, the sorceress may be poisoning the crops. Maybe. Uh, this is all hearsay, of course, but the ant at this point uh, shuts him up and tells him to leave. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh- uh, it was the town drunk Harvey. Harvey uh, uh, called the uncle and he said, "I'm telling some death, Dave. 
And so the uncle interpreted it in saying that he was looking for some help, trying to find the best way to build a new building with magic. Instead of paying for labor, they were going to figure out how to either charm people to do it or use levitation spells or possibly even find some conjured monster to be able to build it for them. And Sorceress Heidi, she was totally on board. Crazy magical Uncle Philip, he decided he was going to leave... Adventurous Heidi. Adventure. The the adventurous. They're the same person. The adventurous Sorcerer (laughs) Heidi. See, she has multiple personalities. Oh. Yes, but uh, it's okay because the uncle loves her and her even still. And so whenever they decide to get into these little three-way discussions, uh, he usually relies on the town drunk to kind of help interpret the things that are going on. So in the planning of this new foundry for them to make potions, uh, they found this wonderful stone, this magical stone uh, that was the size of 15 men. And they laid it all out because it was actually fairly light, though very rigid, that they could could build a whole building without having to worry about any manpower, especially because they had pretty much tricked everyone in the town to working for free. Because no, they, they they didn't they didn't trick everyone into working for free. Everyone in the town wanted to do the work. They were volunteering themselves because they wanted the town to prosper. But. When you have a whole bunch of people like that, you know someone's going to get involved. Someone's going to say, hey, I'm in charge, and I, what I'm going to say is this, and what, like, kind of like a foreman, a foreman type deal. So a small group of the people there who were you know, merchants in the group or people who work with money trying to get things working and, and going, they organize themselves into a small um, uh, guild, if you will, and they called it the Young Merchants and Clever Accountants, or the YMCA mm. of Village Purple. <laughs> Village Purple. They decided that they would put things together, and in order to get the manpower together, they, they came up with a slogan, and it would say, Young men, there's no need to feel down. I said, Young men, pick that stone off the, the ground. ground. There's a place oh, no. there with the YMCA. No, actually, they didn't do any of that. That was just a weird, crazy fever dream that everybody got from breathing in the fumes off of the stone. When they all woke up from the crazy fever dream, they wondered why their friend over there was in chaps, but nobody wanted to talk about it. So, the townspeople were working on building this potions foundry. They were all very invested because they wanted their once formerly farming town to become something worth something to anyone. So they all kept building. They used levitation spells. Absolutely. They were not about farming anymore. Farming was out. There was, you know, poles. People didn't want farms. People wanted potions. Absolutely. The kingdom said, boo farms. Yes, potions. So, you know, with the Gallup poll numbers about potions, everybody kept moving forward with the construction on the potions building. It went off without a hitch. Sorceress adventurous Heidi was at the helm over here. She was just rocking it. And they built it, and it was 15 stories tall. No, 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 that's that's not right. That's not right. It, It wasn't... 
15 stories tall. It was just 10, but it it's it spanned. It had a large footprint. The building had a large footprint. And uh, <laughs> adventurous sorceress Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after, you know, setting up all of the correct cauldrons and everything for the potion making and assigning people to to collect the required ingredients and everything, uh, she's, she set up the whole plan and set it into motion, and now all that there was left for her to do was to wait and see if it would happen, and so... What overseed everything, and the potions were brewing and bubbling so nicely, and uh, you know, uh, messengers you know started arriving from from larger towns, even from the castle, and you know we would like to buy some of your potions, and you know things started selling and it was going really well, and so the village was restored to prosperity. Hey, all right. <laughs> I really hope the village purple is not under high town. <laughs> Because when you think about those two stories together, if William is the reason why people are trying to do stuff like this, I'm just saying. That's right. It's disturbing. That's I'm it. gonna I'm gonna trademark Village Purple. <laughs> the Village Purple. Village Purple. Jeez. Oh my gosh. All right. I think next, uh, Katie. Do you want to start one? Absolutely. All right. Let's go. Okay. What do we, what do we Back have? Back to the original order. Yes. Yes. And and I wanted to see how you. Sorry, I wanted to see, and probably be better if I here. spoke into my mic. Here. I wanted to uh, hear. Witness. <laughs> witness! Can I get a witness? Oh, sorry. If we changed it to yes anding and adding on to the story versus replacing in the story. Okay. I love this idea. Let's Because do I don't that. like being told no. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's try yes ending for the story. So basically the difference is when you go to interrupt, you interrupt still wherever like, you'd yes, like. But, it was but more you than said that. yes and there was exactly that. And just keep on progressing with the story. Okay, so the ending card that I have says which meant they would become king and queen in the course of time. So once upon a time There was a princess, and her name was Penelope, because Princess Penelope loves alliteration. And Princess Penelope had a best friend, and his name was Kyle. Princess Penelope and her best friend Kyle, who happened to be the stable hand, decided one day that they were going to elope. Because, since Kyle was a stable hand, obviously he and Princess Penelope... Couldn't get married. The king wouldn't allow it. Kyle didn't have a pedigree. He didn't even have a last name, you know, medieval times, you know. Only only the, the rich and famous and fabulous and royal people had last names. He was just Kyle. Kyle the stable hand. Mom did. You're Kyle. Yep, absolutely. Just Kyle. Not, you know, Princess Vanellope von Furstenberger II. No, he was just Kyle. Kyle the stable hand. So, they cracked a plan that the next night at midnight, they would sneak out of the castle, and Kyle, being a stable hand and good with horses, would spirit them away on the best stallion in the kingdom, and they would go to an enchanted forest that they had heard about, in which lived a beautiful, benevolent fairy. Yes. 
And uh, they came up with a cover story. And since the princess did so much love her alliteration, he was no longer just Kyle, but he was Captain Kyle of the King's Commanding Guard. Mm -hmm. So he had a long name and she had a long name. And they went to the forest to find the forest's fairy. And the forest fairy in this particular forest was a flaming forest fairy. Not that the forest itself was on fire necessarily, but this fairy had a certain way about him that... (laughs) The flamboyancy. Flamboyant. Certain flamboyancy, Boy yes. Flaming if fairy. you will. Um, had a bit of a lisp. But that's Little not a stereotype. Strap. That's just a, a, a birth defect. <laughs> so as they rode into the, fa- into the flaming fairy's forest, they heard, excuse me. And they, they stopped their horses and Princess Penelope and Captain Kyle looked around they they saw nothing and then suddenly a dazzling rainbow light appeared before them yes and he said hi i would love to help you elope i understand you're looking for a beautiful venue as a matter of fact if you follow me i have the perfect place for it so they followed him through the forest into this gorgeous meadow and they stood before nature and all things animals would come out other fae and fairy folk would come out to visit them and it was like this gorgeous cacophony of colors and lights and magic and the princess and the captain they stood before this flamboyant fay this fantastical fay who stood there and he he presided over their ceremony he married them right then and there and he said i have a fortune from the flamboyant fairy foreman and he said he has told me that soon glory will come to both of you but many things have to be done beforehand and i would suggest maybe you move along to the next town and talk to an old friend of mine named um yes and his old friend was the i wanted to say something but it's not appropriate for here so never mind um <laughs> Yes, and I'm going to interrupt my wife because she uh, needed to take a break because her back was bothering her. Uh, but the old friend Gary um, happened Gary to... Gary Glitter. <laughs> Gary Glittergold. Glittergold's um, Glitter a favorite of mine. Glitter We're going to call him Glittergold. Gary Glittergold um, is the friend in Girl, town. Brother. So uh, our, our Captain Kyle and Princess Penelope make their way to uh, the Village Purple. Because I feel like it should make its way through again. Um, (laughs) Because they knew that ultimately it was going to make its way back to the king. So Gary Glittergold and his gallant collection of potions would be the perfect place to get a gift for the family. And since uh, Kyle never actually brought a dowry to get the princess, even though they've already eloped and gotten married, they go and ask Gary Glittergold, what is the best option for a potion to present to a king? So, Gary, with the best guess he has, well, usually we have two, one with life, one with death. One may be poisonous and one may provide a long life. What are you looking for? Kyle had to think about it for a minute. Because he knew that one way he could become king much quicker. Should it be time for the 
poisonous passing of King Philip? The perilous. Oh wait, Philip died. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! (laughs) King William. Poisonous passing of King William. I guess his past uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Yes, several generations removed. And Kyle was thinking about this, and but he knew that the king was not an evil man, and that Penelope would not appreciate that either from her father for her father so he chose the the life potion the to give him a good and healthy life and so gary glittergold said very well i will happily prepare this this particular potion for you potion of positive energy we're gonna pop all our peas (laughs) and um it it took uh, it took a little bit of time, like to prepare this potion, and so finally, uh, Gary sent for them, and and he said, uh, "Your potion is finally ready. Uh, I hope you've been having a good honeymoon." <laughs> Positively. And he told them that uh, the potion is finally ready, and I was a little short on some ingredients, so I just kind of improvised a bit there at the end, but I'm absolutely sure it'll probably, possibly do the same thing it was supposed to do. Well, uh, Captain Kyle and Princess Penelope thanked him kindly, and they rode back to the kingdom and to the capital of the kingdom to give the king the potion. And they presented him with the potion, and Penelope said, Father, here is a potion of, of long life and health and fortitude, and the king... Hubert drank it, and upon drinking it, completely forgot who Kyle was. So Penelope said, well, Father, I would love to introduce you, my husband, King Kyle, of a kingdom that is quite far away, which meant that they would become king and queen in the course of time when Penelope's parents passed. Nice, 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 nice. (laughs) Positively... Preposterous. (laughs) Preposterous. <laughs> that was fantastic. Practically, <laughs> practically perfect practically in every perfect way. In every possible particular. Oh my goodness gracious. Sorry, wow. Very perspicacious. <laughs> We're popping all the peas. <laughs> That's why I put windfil- windscreens on all yeah, your old microphones. You. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right, so I have a new ending for us. It's So They Promised Never to Fight Again. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, there were two brothers. They were princes. <laughs> but they had different mothers. Same father, king, two different mothers. One slightly older, which you know makes sense. And they couldn't get along. No matter what they did, whatever, what, what punishments they got, they would always cause these fights. And what it did was it began to divide the kingdom. And the kingdom started wearing black for one of the princes, and we will call him Johan. And the other prince they wore red for, and his name was John. Because their father didn't have much of an imagination because <laughs> Johan and John are the same name. Was the king named Jonathan? Uh, no, his name was Carl. Oh. King Carl. <laughs> king Carl. 
Okay, Carl. <laughs> so King Carl decided that rather than have his kingdom torn asunder by two warring factions, he would simply divide up the property in his kingdom into two princedoms. And he would rule over them all as, as king, but his two princes would have their own lands so the people wouldn't have to try to join sides with so if one person liked Johan but they lived on Carl or on John's side they wouldn't have to jump over losing their whole friends and family he would just divide up the fan- the land and if you liked one you went to go live in that area so it became known as the black and red princedoms the black and red princedoms well they still couldn't get along so the king decided one more time I can't get these boys to stop fighting. I'm just going to separate them physically. And he began construction of a giant trench down the center of his princedom. And it dug so deep and so wide, a la the Grand Canyon, that you could not literally get from one side to the other without magical means. So, the two brothers, unable to fight with each other, decided that they were going to start building engines of war. Since they couldn't reach, they would build cannons. They would build trebuchets. They would build giant crossbows that I can't remember the name of right now. Ballista. Ballistas, thank you. That would fire into the opposing country across this grand chasm. And the grand chasm began filling up with all of the cannonballs and arrows and spears and stones and the boys slowly filled the chasm and bridged the gap that their father had tried so hard to build yes and uh they decided that what they would do is uh they would move forward in their relationship together and and kind of come together with this uncomfortable alliance uh, because they realized that their father was getting very, very old. And eventually, they would have to take over the kingdom. And for either one of them to have half as much kingdom as their father had just was not satisfactory. So they came up with this wild plan to threaten all of the kingdoms around them and potentially join forces to take over and widen their own individual princedoms so that they rivaled their own father's property. And they came together with this plan so well that they just, without ever even shooting a cannonball or anything, they began to threaten everyone around them, and everyone felt very uncomfortable. And the king had to come forward and tell his sons, I understand that you love each other now, or at least that you have this strange, uncomfortable alliance. But this is my kingdom and my army, and if I have to defend my people, then I will do what a king must do. And so he decided to start building all sorts of munitions and more trebuchet and more ballista, and it became this arms race between these princedoms and the king and the kingdom and all of these other kingdoms around them. And then all of a sudden, these 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 forces around them began to feed so much negativity that people just started fighting amongst themselves. A civil war broke out in each princedom. Yes. 
And the princes actually noticed that this was now causing harm to both of their causes as well as their father's cause. It was at this time that they decided that they needed to meet and have a, uh, a heart to heart, a, a real brother's conversation, if you will. And when they got together, the conversation very quickly became amicable. Like they were expecting a full on argument. And yet somehow they completely agreed that our people cannot suffer Our people cannot be killing each other. The only way we could truly be kings is to unite our people. So it was with that that they united together as one to take on their father. Yes. And And when their father heard about this, that they had actually united together... uh, he, he couldn't let on, but he was secretly very pleased. He says, finally, they've actually learned to work together. Like, this is what I was looking for the whole time. Like, I don't... Why did it have to come to all of this strife for them to actually work together? Like, why did it have to be that they, them wanting to overtake me is, is what brings them together? He's like, but if that's what it takes, then... I can understand that. I just don't want my people to be harmed. So, so he decided, uh, well, they're forming together. I need to make sure that we have a meeting and we know what their uh, demands are. So he sent forth a messenger uh, to the princes and said, you know, let's, let's get together and have a meeting. We can talk about this whole situation and try and figure things out without any more bloodshed or any more strife or anything like that. Yes, and the princes said, Okay, that's great. We will totally have a meeting with you, but we don't really like the part about the no bloodshed, so that's a maybe. Um, (laughs) So the princes met with their father, and their demands were, We wish to have no longer princedoms, but the entirety of the kingdom. And the king said, well, in order for that to happen, I have to be dead. And I'm, I'm not quite a fan of the dying part. <laughs> and the princes said, that's okay. Have you thought about retiring? <laughs> so the princes offered their father the route of retirement instead of death. And the king thought that was a pretty good deal because he didn't want his sons to commit regicide. So the king said, sure, you know what? I heard that, uh, you know, the... Uh, the village purple is beautiful this time of year. I think I, I shall retire there in my old age and, and leave the kingdom to you boys as long as you promise me you won't tear it apart again like you have within these last months of awful turmoil and strife in the Grand Canyon filled with the sieges of war. Yes, and the brothers did so agree. In fact, the, the two brothers, Prince John the Black and Prince Johan the Red... Oh, I'm sorry. Prince Johan the Black and Prince John the Red, they came up with a way to even share a kingdom. And to avoid fighting, what they would do is they would separate the lands and they couldn't have one boy's land touching the others for very long. So they decided to separate it out into grid squares of eight miles by eight miles for one square. So 
John would have his red square, and then Johan would have oh, his no. black square. <laughs> and what they did decide also was that they would take turns being king of the time. So they would jump from one to the other to the other. <laughs> and as, yell, king me. <laughs> and that's how they promised never to fight again. That's Yay. awesome. Checkmate. Oh my god. King me. King me. Oh no, King I know. Me. I know both of them. Appo- I, I get that you were going with checkers, That's but it was still fantastic. funny. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. By the way, I don't know if any of you noticed, but Katie forgot. Yeah, I know. Did we we were going the other way? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were supposed to be oh. the first yes and. Oh, totally. Yeah, I did forget. You're right. I can run on for a while. I know, and I was like, she's not looking up, which means she doesn't realize it's her turn. It's okay. I'll just I'll go. Thank you. <laughs> I, on this, I was problem. like, I was like, man, Don's taking a while to like jump in here, but whatever. Prop, props to him. He's Whereas the rest of us spot. are going, my Katie's taking an awful long time. Taking an awful long time. Swimming against the current over here. So <laughs> call me a salmon. It is September. I, I'm gonna real, real quickly call for sympathy oh, from the uh, audience out there, all eight of you. Um, <laughs> That uh, nine my, from ourselves. Nine, sorry, um, my poor wife here has was helping my son with uh, potty training, which and wrenched her back. <laughs> wrenched her back doing so, cleaning up the uh, mess. No, no, that no. Had use their imagination as to how she wrenched her back and why. <laughs> the after effects. Teaching your son to potty train. Yeah, exactly. It's way more. Yes, yeah. and it hit the wall and the floor <laughs> and the toilet. <laughs> but the ceiling is still dry. The ceiling is yeah, still dry. Is still yes. dry. <laughs> And, and then they, I was over there stretching my back, ever after. waiting for Katie to take her turn because I was supposed to be fourth one in the order. I was supposed to be before Don, and so all of a sudden I heard Don going, and I was like, "Wait, I'm. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to be part of this after." I'm so confused. Who's knowing next? And so I just kept stretching and listening to figure out what was going on and missed <laughs> What my was going again. on is we told the story of how checkers became a game. I tried yeah. to figure out a way to make it into Qbert, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't get him stacked. That's it. Tetris? So good. No, oh my goodness! All right. Well, I think we're gonna call it Bravo, for yeah for oh, episode two seventeen. We hope that you enjoyed this uh, deviation from discussion and just a little bit of uh, fun playtime. Uh, definitely, that was my shoe squeaking okay. on the floor. It sounded like a baby crying. Nope, we don't have definitely any was here. not. Um, definitely <laughs> uh, check out uh, Atlas Games. Once upon a time, the storytelling card game. It is a lot of fun um, and. Plays a little bit different than how we played, but not much. Uh, Not not really a whole lot. Um, As a matter of fact, I think there might actually be more interruptions in that game than there was in what we just did. And it's usually one person telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So on our last episode, we established, once I turn this page, there we go. Now that 60% of 2020 is over, we can honestly say that this year has been extremely rough. But... Anything is better than two men in a mask. Uh, And for episode 217 of The Established Facts, we have established that you should never trust a friend named Retenue and always beware to visit the Village Purple. (laughs) The end. Yeah. We'll check the, you later. The potion capital of the world. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Deuces, guys. Thank you so much. We'll check you later. Bye. Bye. Please visit us at www.theestablishedfacts.com and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theestablishedfacts. If you'd like to support us by buying some merchandise, visit cafepress.com slash castingrobot. Bonus.